We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. I wish you guys could see Jimmy being back, and if so, what, what would that look No, I don't see any scenario of that. This is Durden Sprague. The coolest thing about him is he's got a quarterback mind, but he sees it from a different defense perspective column there's so much good stuff that's going on here certainly with justin and stuff from dallas that we'll want to incorporate that i certainly have familiarity with but then uh let's go explore this thing together with andy dirt johnson and brendan spray jackson a three is off Hart the rebound but ripped away by Hart. recovered by dame up to eubanks in oh. the air swoops oh. in and dunks and he's tied up and fouled well first of all josh Hart and dame just snatched the chain and then on the break do me, and you can drew you on his birthday. Dirt and spray on 1080. The fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Spray on Portland Sports Leader 1080. The fan. Brandon Sprague here with the dirty, dirty dirt man himself. What is happening? The dirt bag. <laughs> hey, that's a new one. Spraying in the dirt bag. What's that, Long Beach State? Aren't they the dirt bags? Oh, uh, their baseball team is. Yeah. Wait, only their baseball team? Wait, that's their name? Yeah, that's their mascot name, but why only one team? Uh, well, I mean, it would make sense well, with make, baseball. How would a basketball team be yeah, the dirt Yeah, why would bag? you be a dirt bag? Why would you have a different nickname for your baseball team? I... Because they're successful. I think it's more. Has that ever happened before in any other no, school? I don't know. It's not the official. You don't nickname. want to be the Oregon State Beavers anymore. You want a different name for your baseball team? They do have a different name. What is it? The Oregon State Champs. <laughs> <laughs> national champions. The Trophy Winners. Three-time <laughs> national champions. Oregon champions. State Trophy Winners. That's a good uh, name. You should ride ride with that one this year. The See Oregon State Most Success. <laughs> That's what we call. Hey, I saw a preseason college baseball ranking that has my Ducks in the top twenty-five. Yeah. Can't wait to watch them play out of that. I mean, you won't because we don't watch college baseball. But we'll we'll see. You'll scores. hear it every pitch of Ducks baseball <laughs> I'm sure I'll get on nine ten this year. I'm sure I'll see tweets and text, but that's oh, yeah. about it. I if if I could if I could pay a tiny sum of money, February seventeenth, the season starts. I probably shouldn't say Dear this publicly. God, that's in like two weeks. Pitchers and catchers report in two weeks for Seattle Mariners. That that is true. I'm um, going to spring training this year. I'm fired up. Are you, you going to stop there? Yeah, I haven't been to a spring training game since I was a kid, man. I've been wanting to do this for like 15 years. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Now, I'm not going to an actual spring training game. I'm going to a, a Team USA versus the Giants game, which oh. I think is like even better because you've got a lot of big leaguers on Team USA. Yeah. I don't know who's going to be playing for the Giants, but it should be a lot of fun. Can you give me a name on USA? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Without looking it up? No. <laughs> Trout's playing in the outfield, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. I haven't looked it up. I know Logan Webb. There's going to be an angel in the outfield? There will there be. There will be an angel in the outfield. Are not you guys fired up for the World the Baseball Classic? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Not not even a little bit. I know you. I know Logan Webb's pitching. I just know when Giants play, because then it's controversial because they're ramping their arms up a little early and teams don't want their guys to play. You know what I've noticed is I've, I'm having this in basketball now, and I think think this is gonna this is what happens not that i've ever cared about the world baseball classic uh-huh. 
But part of the reason I find it hard to be as passionate and to care, and I know we're talking about Team USA, and some of you out there go, come on, man, it's our country pride. I know. I got country pride. You know, the problem is we're playing players from other countries that are on my favorite baseball team. Yeah, it's a little weird that way. Like Ronald Acuna comes up to bat against Team USA. I want Ronald Acuna to go yard. <laughs> wow, you root for team over country. Yeah. How dare you, when you traitor. When USA plays Greece in the Olympics, I want Giannis to drop 50 on their head. <laughs> like, it's just such an international game that I love the international players. Well, I saw, I, I think I saw that the Cuban team was allowing Cuban players that have defected to the United States to play on their team. Oh, well, that's good. For the first time. That's, that's a, a trap. Don't trust that. <laughs> yeah, that's If totally... I was a Cuban player, I wouldn't go play for him. <laughs> that is... That's a trap. <laughs> well, they're not playing in Cuba. They're playing in the United Doesn't States. Doesn't matter. And... What are we getting on this bus for? <laughs> we can walk from the hotel to the field. What are we getting on this bus? Where are you taking me? <laughs> I wouldn't trust that. I wouldn't trust it either. Here's some uh, JT Realmuto. Oh, I like Will that Smith, Pete Alonzo, Paul Goldschmidt, Trevor Story, Aaron Otto, Tim Anderson, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Harper. I thought Harper had Tommy John surgery. Can he still swing he a bat? He might DH. Harper had Tommy John? He did, yeah. He had to have Tommy John surgery. He's going to miss a good chunk of the year. Weren't they in the World Series? They were. He had it right yeah. after the World right Series. Right after. That's why he DH'd the entire playoffs. Oh. He couldn't throw a baseball. Oh, yeah, he might DH for him. Uh, Mike Trout, Kyle Tucker. That's a good Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Not bad, man. Who, which Will Smith is it? The pitcher or the hitter? The catcher, Will Smith. Okay. Catcher. That, Dodger yeah. catcher. You Dodger, remember that? The world the NLCS, the Will Smith yeah, versus Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith on Will Smith, yep. I'm trying to scroll down to see if the other Will Smith is on the roster. It does not appear that he I is. wouldn't want him on the other roster. He, he, did, he did not make no. the cut this year. No. I'm no. glad no. the Braves got rid of him. So that's coming up right around the corner, man. Catch the fever. Um, College baseball and world baseball. Classic talk. I don't mean to replay a similar segment from yesterday, but I want to bring something back real quick because I was thinking about this yesterday. You know, you know, I got kind of upset. I was at the gym, and the gyms have all these televisions on. One of them is political news, and I, I just find that an interesting choice to have on at a gym. Yeah, no. I wouldn't want to dive into that. No. Like, no. Paid programming or sports. That's kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> now, Maybe was it, a Turner was it, Classic. <laughs> now, was it an all-new station they happened to be doing a political thing? or was It, it was CNN. CNN, I can eh, no, not at the gym. I don't need. I don't need to be up to date on the news at the gym. I think a CNN uh, headline or the, the you know the what is yeah. that called the bar. The problem is, is yeah, that it's all political. It said days. opinion GOP playing games right now, and I'm like, yeah. well, this is great. I'm, I understand. I'm going to angrily have... lift weights. <laughs> <laughs> I understand if you have news like hard news, just kind of old headline. The old headline news, which I think now has folded up shop. That like went around everything. Yeah. You know, you'd get a little top stories and you'd get some business and you'd get a little politics and you'd get a little sports and you'd get a little entertainment. And it yeah, was on local a, news makes I'm okay with local that news. or it was on a thirty minute loop, I think. So that I I understand why you would have news, but if they're going hardcore into the thing with twelve talking heads well, but, just yelling at each but, but, other. But yeah, but what news channel would you choose? Because you can't choose any of those cable news channels. Those aren't new well, I mean they're news, but they're also like heavily well, leaning if you're towards going to, opinions. If you're going to choose one, CNN is as close to the middle as any one of them. I, I don't think people would agree with you on that. <laughs> 
I'm not saying they are. I'm saying that's as close as you can get. We know Fox what about is on news one nation. end. Come on, you guys aren't catching the news yeah, nation fever. Yeah, yeah doesn't Donlin say that thing they're there? We're truly in the middle. I haven't watched too much of it. I don't know. I, don't I know, know that Cuomo kid went over there and from CNN, <laughs> and he's got a kid. show now. I think he's older than you. That's the oldest thing you've ever said. The Cuomo kid. I want to look up how old Chris Cuomo is now. He might be forty nine or fifty two. <laughs> no. Like he acts like eh, a kid. kid. What do you mean he acts like a he's kid? He's fifty two. He's older than he's you. Older than you. <laughs> <laughs> he's got you by a year. He looks good too for his yeah, age. We he are, does. He's in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. We know. I'm. 800 years old around here so yeah i think local news is acceptable because they're like yesterday there was like we had like a standoff off of like 92nd and division or something they had oh, to like did. Yeah, well, they problem had to like is is like rope off multiple blocks there was yeah. like three armed dudes Dude. who were yeah so i was driving you lock your doors yeah so i got done with the gym i'm i'm going way away from where i was going with the gym conversation <laughs> by the way but i got out of the gym i'm driving home i go i'm going down 20 or no i was coming home from work I went 84 to 205. I was heading to the gym, and I forgot what overpass it was, but it was right past the Stark Street exit. It was like the next overpass or maybe the one after that. And above was a bunch of cars not moving and, like, four cop cars with lights on. Yeah. And I was, like, you know, I'm going 65 miles an hour, so I'm, like, I'm trying to see while I'm driving. I'm, like, what's going on? And I, like, looked behind me as I passed the over. I couldn't see anything. The whole thing was closed off. They had it all roped off for, like, five blocks. Wow. Stand off. I don't know what they – I don't I don't even know what the result was. I just know I saw the tweets in the morning. I'm like, that's kind of crazy. And they there were, like, two or three guys that were caught doing something, and they were armed suspects, mm. and they basically were hiding in a neighborhood, and they didn't know where they were. And so they closed off all the streets around it. Sheesh. And they told they put like a bulletin alert out to everybody that lived in that. And like, hey, please lock your doors and your windows and uh, just stay inside. Don't go out for a minute. So hopefully they caught him. But like local news is okay because you get something like that. Like well, if only, I live in that area yeah. and I'm at the gym, like, hey. Well, it's pretty much Fox 12 update. at that point because yeah. they're the only ones that run local news like all throughout the day. <laughs> Yeah, Fox 12, I think, was on one of the TVs. Yeah. I saw Shauna Parsons, and I was like, God, Shauna Parsons has Still been doing going. this a long time. Still going yep. strong. My favorite gym TV is when they you obviously have NBA, NHL, whatever games that are on, TNT, that kind of stuff, and you just leave the TV on that channel, and you're at the gym <laughs> the next get morning. Charmed, it's uh, like charms. You know, you get like a, when you're done. <laughs> those kind of shows. You just look up like, why is, oh, that's right, there was an NBA game on last night. So I'm, I'm looking up at the TV in between reps. And I, I look up and I see Tom Brady's video. And I don't know why, but it struck me. It struck me in that moment, not when we <laughs> talked about it on the show. And you know what? I got kind of pissed. I did. What, you think he's being selfish? Uh, no. I Come on. A pro athlete that caliber is not selfish for sitting what out a retirement you off? What pissed me off was all those years of success... And the notoriety and fame that that run in New England helped establish for your life. There was not one even like five second individual thank you to Bill Belichick. <laughs> I'm not a big, I, I like Bill Belichick. He's all time goat. I get that. I, don't, I think right now he's way over his skis. I don't think he's good anymore. Okay. I think he's kind of middle of the road. He still can be good, but sometimes he's stupid. To, to retire after that career. And and I understand you have too many great teammates that you you can't just shout out Gronk and Julian Edelman. Like, what about Troy Brown or David Patton or Kevin Falk? You know what I mean? Like, they had some really good players in 20 years. I get why you don't do the player thing. 
don't you think it's it's a little disrespectful to not at least like just Bill, I want to thank you, man. Me and you had a legendary run that this league may or may never see again. I love you, Bill. Like nah. nothing? I can't get no, anything no, about Bill Belichick? There. I No. Not what that. do you mean, not there? That's his retirement video. There's not a press <laughs> well, conference want, Well, he's avoiding the press conference. That's the thing. If he ends up in a Fox studio or booth at some point, he will have numerous opportunities to go into things like that. And there may be... I'll wait for the Hall of Fame speech, too. The Hall of Fame speech, all those things. All he was doing there was avoiding nonsense, and he didn't, and he wanted to do it. Ah, uh, you guys are poo-pooing too much. Now, yeah. did, he, did he thank him last year? I, I can't. He didn't he take he out already, a full page ad or some no, nonsense. No, cuz that was more year? about Tampa. It was like a whole was big it? thank you Tampa thing. And and remember New England fan was pissed that they didn't get yeah. a shout out. Like what about that? <laughs> I thought he did something when he left. I thought he took like a full page ad out in the Boston Globe or something and did a whole thing when he left first New About England. Bill or was it about him saying goodbye to New England cuz that's two different things. I I I thought he referenced Bill in there. If I retire, if I was to have a long, lengthy career in this business, <laughs> which won't happen, and I had like a retirement show, you know who I'd thank? Jeff Austin. You know who I'd thank if I had a radio Hall of Fame career a second time? Jeff Austin. What are we doing? It's Tom Brady. He's selfish, man. Without that coach, they don't win. No. That was a partnership. That's the one of the greatest yeah. partnerships. It may be the greatest partnership we ever see in sports. Yeah, the organization had a lot to do with him winning six Super Bowls in New England. I, he didn't win them all on his own. No, which he is didn't. what I've always tried to argue. No, he didn't. <laughs> but we give him credit. He's the only one. Well, I mean, it's okay to give him credit, but like. Well, sure, he deserves some credit. Yeah. I, that's why I always hated the Belichick-Brady thing. It was like, who is it? And I know Brady won without Belichick, and people concluded it's Brady, but. Uh, logical people understand that that was a that was a partnership. So like, shame on you, Thomas. It was fifty seconds. He's had um, yeah. Give him four seconds of fifty seconds. Love you, Bill. He's had a couple of things I think in the last two years. Mainly this this last year, I felt like he did some interviews where the nostalgia was flowing, and you could tell that he I kind of missed it. Like there were a couple of times where he opened up in interviews and talked about Bill Belichick and their relationship and what he meant to him, and that was at least good to hear because you didn't, you weren't never quite sure what that relationship was like at the end. There were all sorts of rumors. The the trainer was there. Like things just got ugly, which it always does in a relationship when it lasts. Especially that long. when you have that success, everything yeah. grows a little bigger. Without a doubt. Like so, I I think part of the reason he left was he was just tired of dealing with that and he wanted to go somewhere where he could do whatever the hell he wanted. And then he got somewhere he wanted and realized Todd Bowles is my coach and I miss Bill Belichick. I wish I had that guy back coaching me. I, I am with you. I did not notice that. I did not pay attention to that. I don't know if he said anything to him last year, but it is it's a little weird. A little weird. I, I just I root for partnerships to always be on good terms. I don't <laughs> like when partnerships sour. It's a weird thing I have. Like in that. Like I hated reading about him and Bill hating each other. Yeah. And I never bought it. I think there were probably moments where they you know, any, like any other working relationship for 20 to 23 years, you're like, oh, well, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't know why I have that weird thing about partnerships in entertainment and sports and anything. I just don't right. like when partners, <laughs> successful partnerships, like, fail or they break up or there's animosity between them. Yeah, it's not a happy ending, man. I mean, we've been doing this for, what, 11 years? 
Something like that, I think. Yeah. I, I have no idea. You could go home every day in your truck. Like, I hate working with this guy. I got I don't a face know. of you on a dartboard in my garage. I um, just wouldn't that be funny? I actually, he'd come over. I got to make sure to take it. You down forgot you to get take there. it down. Oh. I'm like, oh crap! I, well, I, 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 it's not me. Why? Well, I, I didn't do it. I don't know where that came from. Right? <laughs> it came out of nowhere, man. Uh, so yeah, I had to get that off my chest because it hit me yesterday in the gym. By um, the way, people are now angry at us, Swag. Thank you. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks a lot. What? CNN comments. Everybody's all fired up. I told you. Yeah, that was a stupid <laughs> comment, dude. CNN's How not in the middle. dare you? The people on the right think CNN's too woke, and the people on the left think CNN's right, leading to the right. which is why now. I said it's as close to it as anything out uh, there. Here we go again. I didn't go play the tape. People, listen. <laughs> listen. Specific words for specific purposes. But you said the closest. It's not. What is? It's not MSNBC. Hey, the C-SPAN it's not count. Fox. C-SPAN should count. They just show you what the hell is going on. Does C-SPAN like have a news show though? They got a guy that takes calls. Have you ever seen the highlights of that show? <laughs> no. Oh God, glorious YouTube videos. Go down that rabbit hole one time. They got a dude who, dude who just does a call-in show, and he just he takes all sorts of calls from all over the country, and it's hilarious. I I I'm not a big fan in any way. And this shouldn't surprise anybody listening. I'm not a fan of Matt Gates. The one thing Matt Gates said that I agreed with was we should be having somebody man these cameras to show us all the crap. Oh, 24-7. I want a live feed. That's what I want. Too. Constantly on. Yeah. You can't hide anything. Uh, that's what I want. Uh, people's well, chamber, man. We, uh, we got a loaded show today. Uh, Chad Brown. You remember Chad Brown? Seattle Seahawks? I Pittsburgh do. Steelers? I believe. Colorado Buffalo. Colorado Buffalo. Colorado Buffalo is touche. He's in Denver now. Uh, he works for Swag said he works for 1043 The Fan, so I'm just going to run with that. Okay. Unless I'm getting oracled. And so Chad Brown was, he's going to join us at 7.15 today. Um, we're also got Ken Barkley at 8 a.m. I want to get to the Washington offensive coordinator story, which we didn't get to yesterday. The Washington Huskies, Ryan Grubb. Yes. They got some Grubb hubbing down in uh, Seattle in Mont Lake right now. That was an awful line. I don't know why I said that. I enjoyed it. Uh, an interesting note on Oregon we can get to at some point. Yesterday, they did not pull in the five-star athlete. He did indeed choose to stay at South Carolina. That he did. Um, the Blazers got a big win. I got a Sprague Basket Blue Balls Part 2 edition, so we roll that on today. Got a lot of notes in that, by the way. So we'll see if I can roll into that. Uh, and a lot to get to. Kevin O'Connor wrote an article on the Blazers, and it was, it was flattering and also not flattering. Not really flattering, actually. So we'll get to that today. It's a loaded show, Dirt and Spray. Good to be with you on this Thursday edition on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Spray with you here on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. Dirt is here. I am here. Swag is here. Yesterday, your Oregon Ducks... They did not get the five-star kid. They did not. No harbor coming to Eugene. That was a bummer. It's a bit of a bummer, but, yeah. you know, I, I think we had Adam Friedman was on, and he had mentioned, he's like, you know, I'm predicting Oregon, but to be fair, I'm starting to hear a little more buzz about South Carolina. <laughs> it seemed like all the crystal balls were pointing uh, kind of towards Oregon, and then late Shane yeah. Beamer in South Carolina probably came through and said, hey, here's a little NIL. And we're building a good program here. I guess Internet Sleuths also found out that his girlfriend attends South Carolina. And that's, a, that's a tough one to overcome, man, when you got a girlfriend that goes there. And I'm sure the NI deal was awesome. Good for, that's a big move for South Carolina. I, it sucked for Oregon because Oregon's class was great this year. But you're almost left with the, the what-if scenarios because you were, you were in the final two or three for 
some of the best players in the country. I mean, the number one offensive tackle in the country, you were number two. Number one defensive tackle in the country, mm-hmm. you were number two. You had two of the top quarterbacks. You were in the final two or three. The Nico kid that went to Tennessee and obviously Dante Moore. You had this Harbor kid. I mean, it, it was a what-could-have-been class and then ended up being, I believe, statistically speaking, the second-best class in, in program history. But for South Carolina, that's a program that is moving in the right direction. They close their season strong. They're getting Rattler back for another year. That was a big-time pickup for Shane Beamer. Yeah, it was. Uh, I never really know. I never really know if I can trust a South Carolina program to maybe rise to a certain level and be consistent. I know Spurrier had it going for a couple years. but It's tough to do in the SEC, man. Yeah, it is. It is. But and they're the little brother in their own state, too, because Clemson is the program that takes up the yeah. majority of the oxygen in South Carolina. Well, South Carolina beat them this year, though. They did. They did. They ended a long losing streak. Um, but they got Roderick Pleasant, who is a DB out of the state of California. And I saw this from Eric Sodheimer, who works down in L.A. I believe he works for the... Um, the Los Angeles Times. Is that the old guy that yells a lot? I, I, <laughs> I think he is. I think he's an. Old, I think he's a fuddy duddy. Did it, was it something negative or was it something positive about Oregon? Well, I'll let I'll let you say. I'll <laughs> let you decide. Okay. Uh, he tweeted yesterday. Oregon with Roderick Pleasant has now pulled away three of the best athletes ever out of Southern California: DeAnthony Thomas, Roderick mm-hmm. Pleasant, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay. That was it. That's the tweet. He's usually a pretty anti-Oregon guy, so that's, that's good to see. I also saw that of the top ten players in the state of California, Oregon landed four of them in this recruiting class. Mm-hmm. USC was next with three, so they landed more of the top ten players in the state, which is a big deal because I think there were concerns when Lincoln Riley got there. Is that pipeline going to dry up? They're going to the Big Ten, more money, bigger platform. Like, Are you going to be able to compete in those same waters? And at least for one year, they show that they can. I think that's that was kind of that's kind of the cool part about it, right, is – Oregon has established this. This goes back to Joey's days. Mm-hmm. Getting SoCal kids, having some of those California kids, part of the Erickson Beaver teams, California kids. Like being able to establish a pipeline, especially the way that Oregon is, where you get their three greatest athletes ever coming out of SoCal. I mean, I think that speaks volumes about where your program currently is and also the staff. Because, you know, everybody focused on Nicholas Harbor yesterday, the five star stud who's probably going to be in the NFL in just three short years. Roderick Pleasant's supposed to be some speedy little, you know, both sides athlete who they can find uh, maybe on defense or maybe on offense. And I think, you know, despite not getting the five-star, sometimes the four-star kids end up being the better players and they actually are oh, they as, as exciting do. as the five-stars. They actually, I was reading an article last night that was cracking me up. It basically ranked the top ten recruiting classes in program history. And it went through, I'm going to see if I can find it. It went through the premier player in each class that they signed. And it is hilarious to look back at some of the names. And I, if you're not an Oregon fan, you probably don't even remember some of them. And these are from the 10 greatest recruiting classes in Oregon program history. So I'll just, let me roll through a couple, throw a couple of names at you. Uh, the 2015 class was the eighth best recruiting class in program history. The only time Helfrich ever had a good class. Their number one top-ranked recruit was Canton Kamatule. Do you remember that guy? I do remember that name. He was the Hawaiian kid. He ended up retiring, getting a medical retirement. I remember he was the big defensive lineman. Everybody yeah. was so excited. Like, this could be the new Haloti Nada. Yes. And then, like, he just and never, never played, it down. played. Never played it down. And we're like, what happened to him? And then they're like, he retired. We're like, okay. He just he just dipped. You remember Lake Seastrunk? Do you remember that name? I remember the name. He was also a very big disappointment. Defensive. 
Running, running back. Running back. Yeah, that's what it was. It was there for one or two years. I can't remember. Uh, the 2020 class was obviously a big deal. Justin Flo was their top-rated recruit. Which, he gone. He in Arizona. You know the name there. But, or is he at USC? Which one did he go uh, to? He went to Arizona. Okay. Arizona. So it's just I, the, one of them. The, the number one recruiting class they've ever had in program history was Mario's 2021 class, which edged this one just by a hair. And the number one recruit in that class was Kingsley Samatuia. I think it's how you say his last name. Haven't even heard his name. Uh, he was there for a brief period and then transferred to BYU. Yeah. So it's just it's a reminder that all this stuff is a crapshoot, and you hope that you, you, they pan out. The, the things that I like, and I listened to Lanning's press conference yesterday, that he he felt like somebody asked him, you know, where did you get better this offseason and in this recruiting class? And he said in size and speed. Yeah, and that's those, easy. It's the defensive pass rush. What they needed, man. <laughs> Their defense was a problem last year uh, for basically the entire season. And so they needed to get bigger up front. They felt like they did that both in the portal and in recruiting. And they needed more speed, especially in the secondary. And you get a guy like Pleasant who's a back-to-back state champion in California in the 100 and 200 meters. So getting bigger, getting faster are two good signs. And now we find out, can you, can you put it to, to action? I, I, I'm going to ask you this with caution, okay? Because I don't want to get my head ripped off the way Swags did when he said CNN is a neutral news uh, <laughs> How channel. How dare you? DeAnthony, DeAnthony was a good football player. Don't you dare slander DeAnthony. Well, Thomas. but I'm asking how you, well, because you're bringing this up. You're talking about the five-star kids, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I want to take it back to SoCal. He was a big deal. He was. I remember when he committed. It was on a video. I remember seeing it on a computer, and I remember going, hmm. I wonder why he just randomly switched from UNC to Oregon so last minute. He likes fishing. We got good ponds yeah, up in Oregon. That's true. Also good weed. Um, yeah. But I always kind of like expected more Reggie Bushish stuff, and he gave you some of those highlights. But other times, like I just I'd watch a game and I didn't feel like I could feel him on the field. And Kayvon, the thing with Kayvon is that there's no arguing. Great player. Also had some availability issues. Um, you know, got criticized, I thought, wrongly in a lot of sense. But I guess what I'm asking is getting the five stars you just highlighted with some of those names, you know, we get so worked up over the five star. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I get it. Alabama, Georgia, they, they've won championships because of five stars. But they also get like eight in a recruiting class. Yes. They cast a bigger net. I think programs <laughs> like Oregon teach you a lot of the time to get as jacked, if not more jacked, when you get four stars. Because they tend to be stud athletes and players who, for whatever reason, in whatever region they come from, kind of fly a little under the radar. Whereas if you listed off those five-star names, or you talk about like a DeAnthony Thomas who had some really good moments, and I thought, for my own expectations of what I thought he'd be as a player, a little disappointing. Four-star kids for Oregon tend to pen out the best. Yeah, I I, know, I I see what you're saying about DeAnthony. I I think the expectations on him were Reggie Bush when he came out of high school. They're, they're probably out of whack. And but that like, was that's, yeah. You I know, my argument would be it was unfair to him because he right. said he wasn't as big as Reggie Bush. No. Reggie Bush was a well-built dude that could run between the tackles consistently. It was the speed element, though. Yes, and he had. I, I when you look at the numbers though that he, I mean, he was over I think a thousand scrimmage yards every year that he was at Oregon. I think he had like forty something career touchdowns. And what what Oregon fan will remember the most is the the moments that he had in big games. 
games. I mean, he had a Rose Bowl where he had a 92-yard touchdown run and a 60-yard touchdown run. That's like, true. Yeah. Against Wisconsin, he was huge in that game, and that was Oregon's first Rose Bowl win. And so that's a moment you'll never forget. The Fiesta Bowl kickoff. The next year, they should have probably won the national championship, but he didn't block downfield against Stanford. They ended up losing that game. They would have played Notre Dame, and he returned the opening kickoff and had a huge game against Kansas State, and they blew out Kansas State in the Fiesta Bowl to win back-to-back New Year's Six Bowl games. So those are the moments that I think you remember, and the highlight tapes will always be insane. Always, whenever you go back and look at them. But there's no doubt. There are guys over the years at every program that you have high expectations for. You think this dude's going to be the... Like one of the recruiting classes I didn't mention there, their top recruit was Ty Thompson. (laughs) And we're two years into that, and he's still on campus, so credit to him for sticking around, but that hasn't necessarily panned out yet, and it's been other players that have come out of nowhere. And and we're on a different coach, obviously, but I guess what I'm trying to say, because this is probably sounding like a guy who's crapping all over every five-star you've had, What I'm trying to say, though, is the program, no matter the coach, has shown a consistency with developing four stars to the point that when they play, you go, man, that looks like a five star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Herbert, backyard kid, Mariota, three star. Like they just have they're one of those programs. They have that ability where they get the less talked about player than some of the others in their own class. And by the end of the career, we go, man, that's one of the all time greats. (laughs) Well, the other funny thing now, too, in modern college was asked about this yesterday you know do you pay attention to rankings and where guys where your team is is that a big deal and he said I don't care and mainly because he said look at our transfer rankings last week nobody talked about the transfers we brought in and we brought in two of the best running backs in the conference and also nobody, the quarterback people were pissed they were yeah like, really? we were all pissed like that's where you're going and they brought in Bucky Irving and, and Noah Winnington and you're like who the hell are these guys? I never heard of these guys before they ended up being pretty damn good so it usually ends up being the surprising factors and then you just hope that you're casting a wide enough net with your four- and five-star guys that a good chunk of them end up panning out. I mean, in modern college football, probably 25% of this recruiting class is going to be in the transfer portal in two years. That's the way it works at Oregon. That's the way it's going to work at every other big-time program. You just hope the ones that stay are the ones that you hit on and are guys that can be difference makers. Uh, We will get to the Huskies offensive coordinator who chose to stay in Seattle instead of going to Tuscaloosa. That's a pretty big get. Uh, for Kalen DeBoer and the Huskies. We'll talk about that at some point. Chad Brown at 7.15, but we're back with Basket Blue Balls next on The Fan. The alley-oop. She spoke to me and she said, with this gift, you will win fourth place. It's time for Sprague's Dos Minutos Basket Blue Balls. <laughs> I'm the greatest man! In the world! Woo! You were right, Mom. Destiny. Oh, I'm so happy I can't even feel my arms. Where Sprague has actually two minutes to talk as much NBA as he can fit into uh, the shot clock. Come on, man. I'm an excellent athlete. Like I broke this arm playing for you. No, you broke it playing with me in the driveway. You can't even make a layup. On Odyssey and 1080, the fan. Alright, two-minute horn. Here we go. Ready, Swag? Here we go. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. You don't win a championship this year. It's a failure. There's no other way to put it. You guys are too good. You're too talented. Uh, I would like to repeat after last night, the Memphis Grizzlies, absolutely hateable. Everybody on this bandwagon yet? <laughs> yes. Largely because of one player, and that one player is actually going to stop them from winning a championship or even the conference if they don't deal him. His name is Dylan Brooks. I know it's the NBA, but I want to say this. I hope Brianna Stewart and Sabrina Ionescu kick ass in New York. Happy for her. LeBron passing Steve Nash to be top five in assists and the all-time scoring leader in the same season, plus the four titles, 
feel however you feel. That's enough to be considered a goat. That's just a non-debatable topic. Uh, It does seem unfair. I need to say this. It seems really unfair that Charlotte, Detroit, and Washington have the three toughest schedules so far in the NBA, but it's also working out for them because they're all three in the Wimby sweepstakes. Uh, Here come the Miami Heat. They shop Kyle Lowry. I think they could be scaring the Eastern Conference. They're red hot right now. They're playing great basketball. Myers Leonard. Seems like he's going to be back in the NBA. Jeremy Schapp interview yesterday. I do truly hope he learned and grew from his anti-Semitic remarks. All right? He's going to move on. He's going to be back in the league. Salt Lake City, Utah is going to have an all-star game. But Portland, Oregon, USA still hasn't. Feels weird. It feels wrong. And it feels like we are being robbed. It's absolutely an embarrassment that Salt Lake City gets to host the NBA All-Star Game, and Portland still, in their entire existence, has not. We get a draft, we get Team USA here, but no, we can't have an All-Star festivities go on. God forbid us have any nice things go on in seasons where it's really hit the crap, okay? We're middle of the road, and it's just an embarrassment that Salt Lake City, of all the cities, is going to get an All-Star Game, but Portland, no, piss off. You guys don't deserve it. Come on. Did you get it all in there? I had a couple more notes. A couple more but notes. The, the All-Star Game thing's pissing me off the closer we get I to the All-Star Game. I spoke with someone recently who Ooh. orchestrates those sorts of things coming to Portland and the state of Oregon, uh. who is of the belief we will have an NBA All-Star Game before the Women's Final Four is played here. When's the Women's Final Four? 2030. <laughs> Okay, we boy, got that, that person really went on a limb. I seven year window. That the argument that you need to have hotels right by the arena to make these basketball players and media members happy, and because we don't have that, we can't get an all star game. Might be one of the dumbest arguments. Like, I don't get it. The sport is all about. It should be all about going into individual markets and rewarding loyal fan bases. Major League Baseball does this for all their faults. As good as anybody when they build, if you build a new ballpark, Seattle's hosting their third MLB All Star game. It's incredible, and there's already buzz about it. Like I forgot, I'm like I got to get tickets. I was too young to go last time. It was in 2002, I think the last yeah, time. I want to try there. to go up for that this year like, too. Dude, that's a great opportunity to be in your backyard and go watch an MLB All Star game. Like you should go to every city, rotate around your league. Everyone should get an All Star game every 30. Well, how many teams in the NBA? 30, 30 teams. Every 30 years, you should get an All Star game. It doesn't make sense to not get it. And the fact that these these players don't want to go to Salt Lake City in February, where there's nothing to do. Bars close at nine o'clock. Uh, to be and fair, it's you're four degrees. Portland. Sure, but at least it's not <laughs> snowing. At least we only have to deal with rain, and your plane won't get delayed in Salt Lake City. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent I'm surprised you didn't slip anything in on the Phoenix Suns. Well, I said that I talked about them last you time. You did. It's I a just, disaster. I'm blown away, man. They lost by 32 at home to the Atlanta Hawks last night. Well, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't help that Devin Booker is out. Yeah, he's close to returning. DeAndre Ayton has been a bit of a shell of himself, but who 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 is surprised by that? And they're, Chris Paul sucks. They're Chris waiting for done. the he's new done. owner to get approved so they can actually start making moves as long as Sarver's the owner. He controls the purse strings. And so, I mean, aren't they the, the quintessential example? And we see this in all the sports. We, we saw this with Portland. Why did you run it back? Yeah, after the way you lost in the playoffs last year, after you there was lose, no reason yeah, to. Yeah, when you lose by that amount on a game in a game seven at home, yeah. and then all the offseason chatters about how DeAndre hates his coach and his coach hates him and the franchise is in 
you know, dire straits because their owner's an absolute piece of garbage. Why would you run that back? That was <laughs> everybody could see this coming. Nobody is surprised by what Phoenix is this year. I also saw a crazy stat. So the Warriors blew a lead last night to Minnesota. A, a big lead, yeah. A big lead. They only scored 17 in the fourth quarter. They ended up losing. Yep. Steph Curry has like wildly bad numbers in overtimes. And I people people were tweeting about this last night. I had no clue. I guess he's like one in nine in his last ten overtime games. And I saw something. They're the worst overtime. They can't team, win like overtime in games. the last five years or so. They're and like two and fifteen or something ridiculous. I think on the season in overtimes, he's shooting like one of thirteen. He's made like one shot all year, and they've been in a couple overtime games. And last night was another one, and he was horrible in overtime. So what do you conclude from that? I don't know. I just thought that was a like why. I feel like that's a random stat. Totally that just random. Exists and it doesn't have any bearing on him as a player. They can't win in overtime and he can't make a shot. They also can't win a road game. Yeah, that's very true. They're horrible <laughs> on the road. I couldn't believe they blew that lead last night. And by the way, Walker Kessler, I didn't even God, see this is the thing about blue balls. You don't even get everything. I'm in. giving you extended blue balls right now. That's kind of why I like the segment. Yeah. Walker Kessler had like five blocks last night. And Minnesota looks better without Rudy Gobert. Is that the same Walker Kessler that dominated Yusuf Nurkic? It that is. That Walker Kessler? Yes, okay. it is. I the Walker him. Kessler that might generate a good draft pick. Can we go get uh, Rudy Gobert then? Is he on the market? Can we get him? You would You would want Rudy Gobert. I mean, I'd take any center with a pulse over to Yusuf Nurkic right now. You know Gobert's hurt. I don't care. You know his contract's like $240 million. Can he rebound? I mean, they've been pretty bad this year. They have been bad. They're playing better, and it's because he's been in and out of the lineup. I just want a seven-footer that knows he's seven feet and doesn't have the worst. That Kevin O'Connor piece that we're going to talk about at yeah, some we'll point get today, to his post-up numbers, I knew they were bad. Yeah. And then you read through that piece, and you're like, oh, my God. Why is he getting five low-block post-ups per game? He has the worst field goal percentage from those basically in the entire NBA. Yeah, and he's getting the one of the highest volume number of post up opportunities in the entire league. Well, let's let's get to the game last night. We'll play our Kevin Dew song, and then we'll get to the Kevin O'Connor piece before we talk with Chad Brown uh, at seven fifteen today. Former NFL player Chad Brown, who is now doing media things in Denver, Colorado. So we'll get to all that coming up next. The Blazers get a win in Memphis. Dirt and Sprague back with more on the. <laughs> You know what to do now. The Portland Trail Blazers won last night in Memphis, Tennessee. Suck it, Grizzlies. Yeah. You hate the Grizzlies now, don't you? I do. You're starting to find out what I've... I've I do known for a while. Well, look, you know my my NBA uh, viewing habits, where I I see teams when they play the Blazers. I, I mean, I know Memphis has been good right. all year, and they were in the playoffs last year, and I saw them in the postseason. I have not watched much Memphis Grizzlies basketball this year, and it didn't take long into that game. I just watched it. I I dislike them. I dislike almost everybody on their team. Do you know why I do basket blue balls? Why do you do it, buddy? It's not just because I, there's a lot of basketball things and opinions that I want to just get out of my system that we don't ever get to. It's because in that last segment, Swag, I wonder if you noticed this. I get I get through my basket blue balls, time runs out, the horn sounds, <laughs> and my non-league pass co-host goes, 
you know Steph Curry's 1-13 in overtimes? <laughs> and I went, hmm, I don't believe he would have ever known that stat had basket blue balls never existed. i got to bring something to the table. I can't just sit here for 10 minutes. But you I know? like it. You yeah. kinda, you're kind of you starting to be aware. I know you're not going to be a league pass guy. You're not going to watch all these teams. But no. I, I feel like your awareness of what's going on outside of the Blazers are picking up. The Memphis Grizzlies have great players that I love. J- Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Desmond Bain. Uh, Williams, I mean, I, they, they've got some dudes. I hate that team because Dylan Brooks is insufferable. He's an overrated douche, and they act like they've won four championships, and I don't, I'm okay with some moxie and some cockiness. Did they lose in the second round last year? Uh, yeah, because okay. they weren't in the conference finals. But that just bothers me. It It sticks in my crawl how much they act like they're some two-, three-time champion. <laughs> It well, Dylan me. Brooks learned that in Eugene, clearly. Well, yeah, oh, I mean, he, he did go to a Final Four. Yeah. I mean, no, but he was kind of douchey in college. Don't forget the Utah foul. Oh, he was a horrible douche right? in college. Yeah. And so I this just... This always, always been. I'm finding them incredibly unlikable, even though I like a lot of players on their team. Uh, they're one of the worst half-court offenses in the last month in the NBA. And last night, they got stuck exactly where they didn't want to. Portland, one possession game, back and forth. Memphis needing to execute in the half court, and what did they do? They didn't execute. They looked awful. They were horrible in the fourth quarter. They made Portland's defense look like a top 10 unit. They're a bottom five unit in the league. You know what I thought last night? It'll never happen. Could we flip Anthony Simons for Jaron Jackson Jr.? It would never happen. They have John Morant. Sure, but they need a guy that can score in half-court sets, and John Morant sometimes struggles to do that. I don't trust Dylan Brooks to shoot a shot at all. I know Desmond Bain's numbers aren't terrible, but like muscle hamster, it just looks weird when he shoots threes. <laughs> he is a muscle hamster. It does not feel comfortable. Like They could use a guy in the half-court that can break you down off the dribble, get a couple of buckets. What can we use? A defensive big. Makes sense for both. Let's make a baby. You know, Desmond Bain reminds me of um, the football players in high school that would lift weights and then try to come downstairs and play in the pickup game. And when he shoots it, it's just an outright air ball that goes way past the hoop. And you go, yo, bro, what are you doing? I mean, they're going to lean heavily on Danny Green, you could tell. I mean, they're, they're, they were trying to get him involved quick his first game back last night. Oh, they're going to trade him. He's going abs- to move him? Oh, yeah, that's an easy dump because he, whoever picks him up is either going to waive him He's an easy contract to put into a deal. They, they're trying to get OG on an Obi. Yeah, which I, you know, look, I get. I've seen a lot of those rumors. I know a handful of teams, including Portland, wants OG on an Obi. I don't know if that fixes their problems because I think they struggle in the half court offensively, like you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. And OG, I mean, he's not an offensive force. He's a good player. He can get you 18 to 20 a game, sure. I think he can be a little better than maybe we've there's seen development in there. But his main yeah. strengths are length and defense. Like, that's what makes him a special player. And that's why teams salivate over him. I don't feel like Memphis needs any more length or any more defense. Well, I mean, you could just lean into what your strength is. And their strength is when they're not out and running, their strength is. Defense. They probably have the defense player of the year in Jaron Jackson Jr. If you added an OG to that. Only because they're cooking the books. Uh, yeah. You know, they actually took a rebound away from Jaw for his triple-double last night. Did they really? And I'm like, oh, I wonder if the Reddit streams get to pick that one up. <laughs> probably not. But the Blazers get their best win of the year. Yes. Yusuf Nurkic out in the first two minutes. It was a godsend. I feel bad for his calf muscle. We probably won't see him play. I, I will be a little surprised. I think they're going to make a, a couple trades here at the deadline. I would be a little surprised if we saw him play again as a Blazer. That might have been his final thing, which would kind of sum up the way the last few years went for him, unfortunately. Pretty fitting way to end it. But Eubanks came in. 
Ant got in foul trouble. Jeremy sustained what appeared to be a concussion, even though he's not in concussion protocol. That was weird. Um, Ant was foul trouble. Drew got in a foul trouble. But it didn't matter. Dame continues the hot streak. He goes for 40. Ant was cooking in the second half. And I thought what Drew and, and GP were bringing for your team defensively, you know, outright pressure, I they get their best win of the year last night in Memphis. That was impressive. I mean, having to go against a team in which you played a good chunk of minutes in the second half, especially with Trenton Wadford as your center and a team that has length and has size. I know Steven Adams didn't play, but that still has a lot of bigs that can hurt you on the glass. To be able to win a game with Trenton Wadford playing minutes at center – that's easily their best win of the year. I mean, I was going through it last night, trying to rack my brain on all the games that you kind of forget about as the year goes on. And there were some nice ones early in the season, games that Dame didn't play. He had some game-winning threes, the Miami win, the Phoenix win. Like, there's been some decent wins this year. But considering the way the last three weeks have gone, considering the fact you've been horrible on the road, considering the fact it feels like you, it's gone a long time since you've had a legitimate good quality win, right? I mean, you go, you know, maybe the first Dallas game, but they're on a second of a back-to-back. The second of those two games, uh, Luka Doncic didn't play. Basically, everybody else you've beaten lately has been a bad NBA team. And so to go on the road and play a team that was going into last night 21-3 and at home, very tough place to go in and win, and you got to you got it done. It was one of their one of their best wins, if not the best win of the year. It was great to see him not dig a twenty point hole in the first quarter. It was only six at the end of the quarter, so that's nice. Keep yourself intact at the end of the first. And for what Dame's doing right now, I mean, you're just you're running out of things to say about him. It's incredible. I I know Ant was big in the second half. That was great. Drew Eubanks had the amazing poster that kind of was the exclamation point on a big win. That was really cool. They're winning and they're staying relevant because their best player is playing at an MVP level. Yeah. And he is carrying them every single night. And what, what blows my mind is that it's not just the shooting. It's not just the scoring. His ability to get to the free throw line in the month of January has been insane. And there's been a handful of these where he's like legitimately two plays away from having multiple triple-doubles this month. The 60-point game, he was damn near a triple-double. Last night, he had 42, and it's like, wow, he also added 10 assists and 8 rebounds to it. Like, he is doing everything. He is in complete control of the entire game, and I think every time I watch it, it just reaffirms my stance of, please, for the love of God, at one point in my, at one point in my lifetime, get that guy a bona fide star to play with, because he deserves it. The peak of LeBron James, I think everybody would probably agree, was Miami. 2012-2013 LeBron is as good a player as the league has ever seen, okay? I actually think my favorite LeBron was second Cleveland stent LeBron because he may have physically not been what he was in, in Miami, but what you saw was a guy with an understanding of how to win in the league. Every single night, he knew exactly how to pick apart a defense, and he led a Cleveland Cavalier team to the NBA Finals every single season when he went back, Dame has had similar runs to what he's done right now. He's had these runs. This is the best Damian Lillard has ever played. I equate it's hard to disagree with that. What he's doing right now, I, I'm not saying they're doing it the same way or their games are the same. Similar to what Iverson did with the Sixers at times, and you just then, like Dirt said, you hope at some point they can go all in. At least give him enough pieces. Mm. Okay. To make their run, Iverson got to the one finals. They yeah. got he won game one, and then they got smoked. But shout out Theo Ratliff. But yeah, 
But what that are was the Kimbe Mutombo? Oh, what that was are the, the Mutombo pieces? team? Ratliff yeah. wasn't on yeah. that team. No, Ratliff had gotten. Was dull. Aaron McKee still there? Aaron McKee was there. Yeah, okay. right. it was Eric Snow, Aaron McKee. Was Theo Ratliff a Blazer then? I don't think he was a Blazer then. Was he? Was he somewhere else? That was uh, pre-Blazer Theo Ratliff. Yeah, I think that was. Well, I, I think that was Mutombo. I'm pretty sure that was Mutombo against Shaq because Shaq made a comment about Mutombo being Defensive Player of the Year, and he just abused <laughs> Mutombo. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Uh, and then I want to say it was. Um, uh, Larry, uh, I'm blanking. He had tattoos all over his arms. Oh my God, that's gonna drive me nuts. I'm gonna bring up the 2001. Sixers. Larry Hughes. Larry Hughes. It was Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, Island Iverson, Larry Hughes, and Dikembe Mutombo. Like that. That was kind of the team in the NBA final. <laughs> what I meant by the LeBron comp, by the way, is to simply say Dame has had these runs. This is the best he's been. Because he's 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 more knowledge. I mean, even now he's more knowledgeable about the league. He knows how to go out and get what he needs to get. And so I think you're seeing the best Damian Lillard we've ever seen. Let's talk about what you guys both brought up: the all-in move. When is it happening? What is happening? Who will they deal? Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer wrote a piece about it. So we'll talk a little bit about the Blazers next, and then Chad Brown will join us at seven fifteen in hour number two. Dirt and Sprague back with more on the. 